Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. I'm going to read the little context piece on your uh, insert because it's very helpful. Jesus' mission includes foreigners, and his authority extends to the casting out of demons. Some who witness Jesus' work are seized with confusion and fear, but the man who is healed is commissioned to give testimony of God's mercy and power. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time, he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons have entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them. For they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated, and I welcome the children forward for the children's message. Please pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. 
person at my church didn't even go to the gospel. They stayed far away from demons from kids. They went right to the second reading for today. Sorry, I wanted to tell you that before I forgot. So, you are brave. Way to go. Sorry, thank you. To still believe in demons. So we have to do a little background. Because when we do the background stuff of what's going on in the text, Historically, what's going on in the text, we can understand the story a little differently, and it also becomes a little more applicable to us. This story and the words used and chosen with this story are political. They're political. Notice I read to you the little context piece. I like those things since we get plopped down. Jesus' mission includes foreigners, and his authority extends to the casting out of demons. Okay. So, verse 26. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. Galilee is Jewish territory. The country of the Gerasenes is Gentile. So we're going to deal with some opposite things going on, right? Because these groups of people live life a little differently from one another, right? As evidenced by the fact that there's a herd of swine around. But don't worry, that's even deeper than you think. We're going to get there. We're opposite. Jesus is taking him and his disciples from their people, you know, the people who are like us, know our ways, who do our thing. Who understand this, right? He's saying, come on, let's go over here. To the people who aren't like us. To the people who don't eat like us, who don't live like us. Let's go there. Now, remember, we paint every picture of the disciples as these older men. They ate. But these are young guys. These are, this is Austin. Boy. <laughs> They're young guys. They haven't been over there. So they're like, oh my god, if my dad hears he's eating this, then he's gonna kill me. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> and they go. Alright, this is where things get a little dark and twisted. The country of the Gerasenes is part of the Decapolis. Heard this when we read the Bible. It's ten cities, Decca, ten homeless cities, Gentile territory. The history of this place that Luke's readers, Luke's readers, so putting our timeline in, this is after Jesus, the people who are hearing the story. There's some not good history about what has happened here. Who is in power in the first century in this world? Starts with an R. Rome. Rome. That's from Not such a good thing. The history of what has happened is that the Roman generals, for some reason, i.e. probably there was an uprising of some sort, had been sent to this area 
they went into the country of the Gerasenes, and they took their young men, and they took them away, but still wherever one could see and kill them. Then they went into the town of those people and plundered their town and took whatever they wanted. Then they killed everybody that was there. Everybody. No exceptions. And then they burned the town down. This is the history of this area. What happens to people who are around that area? They learn what happens when uprisings happen. You either fight back and what happens to you, you get the same treatment, or you live by Roman ways. Emotionally, what does that do to you? I mean, I can feel it in here when I'm telling you, yeah, how you're feeling. That's how you're feeling when you live in that time. So you're a little emotionally all sort of stressed out, right? You see things you don't really want to see. You've heard about things, because we're travels. But this is what Rome does when you uprise. They're going to just lay low. But you can't erase that stuff. You can't erase what you've heard happen to young men and women, old women, old men, children, young men, everybody. This is the feel of the country. These are these people who may not be like the Jews, but they're human beings. They've got feelings and emotions. They're living scared. We like our history to hear Pax Romano was peaceful, but it came at a cost, and that was it. This is what Jesus is walking into. A place where people are controlled, controlled by fear, controlled by the fear that their life could end at any second when Rome decides. It doesn't feel very good. It doesn't feel very good at all. And it does things to people. My friends, any of you that are war vets, any of you that have seen something difficult and hard, it does something to you. And you walk around. And they come into this land, and immediately, when he gets out of the boat, a man of the city who had demons met him. Demons. Demons are what we call those things that chase us, that keep us from enjoying the gift of life. This man had been so tormented for so long. He had not worn clothes. He didn't need to live in a house. He lived in the tombs amongst the dead. Can you imagine what his heart and his mind was like? And he saw Jesus and fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded that the unclean spirit come out of the man. He is tormented by demons. Tormented. 
to have all your demons gone, all the things that were chasing you down, that were making you feel less and not connected, all of it is gone now. Can you imagine how you would feel? Please take me with you. I want more of this. I want to be free. Jesus says, stay here. Stay here and tell everyone what God has done for you. Because he is going to share a word that the people aren't going to let Jesus do. I mean, Jesus could be like unleashing freedom everywhere. How amazing would that be? But that's a scary thing because that changes everything. Jesus uses this man and says, you do this. You share this good news. Right? And I'm wondering what the disciples have been doing during all this. Watching this freedom happen. These young men were going, that guy is scary. And they watched this all unfold.
means it's right above us, is it not? Right out our front doors. The demons that chase away life are rampant. Not only as we sit here, but we know even more so on our streets. In our state. Our state. The demons that tell us we're not good enough in West Virginia. The demons of opioid addiction. And demons like to cross state borders all the time. <coughs> the demons are all around us. And we know freedom. We sit here and get to hear the word of freedom every Sunday. Every Sunday, we get to hear freedom, words of forgiveness, grace, unconditional love. Every Sunday. And we get to share those. Just like Andrew told the kids. We get to tell the goodness of what God has done in loving each of us just as we are. That those forces that tell us we're not good enough, those forces that keep us from loving each other, those forces that are just really taking life away from us, don't have the final word. And that's a gift. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock is a gift. Sit with that. I don't know who's dragging your butt to church, but 10 a.m. on Sunday morning is a gift, people. It's a gift. Because you get to come here and get told that all those things that have chased you Monday through Saturday, they don't have the power. Now, if this is a gift, if this is a gift that you get, we all have an opportunity to make sure as many people know about this gift as possible. I'm not just talking about coming to church to be a member. I'm talking about the good news of Jesus Christ and his love for us that says those don't have the final word. If it's so good for you, don't you want someone else to know? I think you do. It's too good to keep to yourself. And in this world, when you said you're talking about joy, I'm like, thanks be to God. Because we live in a world that wants to kill joy. We live in a world that wants to tell us that we're not good enough, that this world is going to pop. And guess what? We are. I saw it in your new, beautiful branding. We are people of hope. People of good news. And our calling is to share that with other people. It was a perfect children's sermon. Perfect. If you didn't hear anything I said in the last 10 minutes, you remember what Mr. Bates said. We are called to bring good news. Those demonic forces, whatever they are, whatever they're telling you, they are the final word. And when you know that, you need to tell other people that. That's our call. As people of hope, as followers of Jesus.